This podcast is brought to you by Blue Guardian, the only prop firm that protects their traders. Right now I'm at 700,000 in funding. The number isn't necessarily as important because a few months ago I said, if I hit a million, I would leave, right? Because I and systematically in my head, I'm like, okay, if I can make two to 5% a month on a million, that's way more than like I'll ever need. There was like three or four guys, they were doing pretty well. Like they kind of had their own strategies or whatnot. And so I saw them winning and I reached out to one of them and I was like, hey man, like I see you, you're kind of doing your thing here. And at that that time he was about to found his own group. I was like, Hey, can I just join you in your, your group? And it seems like, you know what you're doing. I just really want to learn a strategy that works for me. And he was like, it's more technical based. It's not kind of like what you've been doing in the past. I was like, cool, anything just help me. And it's crazy because that person actually grew up to be QBanks. Our sponsor, Blue Guardian, is the only prop firm that gives their traders a tool to protect them from hitting their max daily loss and over trading. It's super simple to use. Just set the Guardian protector each day from your dashboard. Did you also know that they've just released an unlimited time evaluation with a zero trading days requirement, giving you plenty of time to hit their low 8 and 4% targets, making it super fast to get funded. Plus, it's cheaper than the 40-day time limit evaluation. Check out the link and coupon in the description to get 10% off your next Blue Guardian evaluation. Right, folks, here we are on Trading Up. We've got Blake in the house all the way over there in Michigan. He is a $700,000 funded trader who has a day job and also trades uh, for his living. So, and I think they sort of balance each other out at the moment. So welcome, welcome to the show, Blake. Um, so great to hear, uh, or have you on and, and about to hear your story. Yeah. Hey Cam, I'm happy to be here. Long time, long time listener, man. So I'm, I'm definitely eager to share my story. Cool. Okay. Well, let's, let's dive into it. Find out how you got into trading first. Yeah. Yeah. So I've been involved in day trading specifically like Forex and indexes for about, Man, the last like 10 years coming up on like it was December of 2014. And so um, I was in college at the time and uh, I had a friend uh, I was involved in a whole lot of like network marketing, like selling type of opportunities and stuff like that. And I, and I wasn't making any money. I was like trying to be a salesman and I'm not that. And uh, and so one day, you know, I was I was it was a particular company. It was called like Wake Up Now or something like that it was like a long time ago. And um, one of my friends in, that I met in the in the uh, in the um the company uh had pulled me aside one day and he was like hey man have you ever like thought about day trading he's like you're kind of you're kind of quiet you're not like obviously the best at this like whole like pitching and selling thing like you've ever thought about like you know trading stocks and it was like 2014 so this is like before the the forex craze hit and like before the i guess the network marketing mlm like forex stuff had hit so nobody had really know i didn't know anything about this and I, nobody i had ever talked to had known anything about like day trading and so you know, my first impression was like those those old guys in suits on Wall Street that kind of like trade stocks back and forth. And I was like, okay, I, that sounds kind of cool, but like it also sounds like it would be really hard. And it doesn't sound like I can make a lot of money. It sounds like I need a lot of money to do that. And uh, he pitched me the idea of like, you know, Forex. And it was it was something that was like really, really new to me. Um, and uh, it was, it was really cool uh, just kind of see how stuff worked in the background. I didn't really understand how the charts went up, but I just understood that people made money from it. And so um, at one point, you know, he had me join a Facebook group and uh, there was a bunch of different people in the group that came from like all over. And like I said, this is late, late 2014, early 2015. So like people at that time didn't necessarily have like all these mentors and all these resources and prop firms and all that stuff like that. And so, um, you know, I, I saw a bunch of people in there with a bunch of different strategies. And uh, I, one guy showed me his and, you know, I started trading, I think by March uh, March of 2015 was that like my first like actual like I'm going to take a position I'm going to try this trading thing out and um, 
yeah, I had a $300 account. I remember this this day, I had a $300 account. And in that week, I turned $300 into $900. And I thought I was going to be rich in a week and like everybody does. And I remember taking a trade on EURUSD during London session um, and then going to sleep on it. And I was like, I don't need stop losses. I know what the market's going to do, right? And so that next day, uh, I think I blew that entire account. So $1,000, $50 in, in a day. And so, but I was hooked at that time. So I had a group of friends and we would stay up trading. You know, we would literally go over each other's houses and, and stay up trading during London session. And, you know, during that time, I was I was probably... I was taking way more L's than 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 wins, and um, you know I just couldn't make anything. I couldn't make anything work. Um, Do you remember what you were doing from a, a strategy point of view at that point? Yeah, yeah. So the first initial strategy that I was taught was actually the it was the market maker method. I don't know if anybody's familiar with that, but um, yeah, it was taught that, and there was there was some good stuff there. Honestly, there's still some stuff there that I employ into my trading to this day. But um, I just couldn't make it. I couldn't make the strategy where it just wasn't clear enough for me. And, and granted, I didn't. I, I was learning off like a bootleg copy of someone's someone's like class from like 2010 or something like that. So I didn't. I didn't have like all the pieces that I needed, and like I didn't really understand the markets themselves. Like there's some fundamental stuff that I just didn't understand um, as far as like being a technical trader and a fundamental trader. Um, I, I had no idea like what technicals were. I, I was just literally following this simple strategy and trying to make these these uh, EAs work. And it, it, I was losing way more than I was winning. Um, and so I went back to that Facebook group. It's crazy. And um, in that group, there was like three or four guys that um, they were doing pretty well. Like they kind of had their own strategies or whatnot. And so I saw them winning and uh, and I reached out to one of them and I was like, hey, man, like, I see you, you're kind of doing your thing here. And uh, like it's at that time, he was about to found his own group. Um, and uh, I was like, hey, can I just join you in your, your group? And it seems like you know what you're doing. I just really want to learn a strategy that works for me. And he was like, it's more technical based. It's not kind of like what you've been doing in the past. I was like, cool, anything, just help me. And uh, that person, it's crazy because that person actually grew up to be Cubanks. And you're so, like, kidding like, me. Yeah, this <laughs> you're is, like, kidding me man 2016 because so that first strategy i had for like a year um so i was like it was like a year of me like going up and down mostly down and then i just reached out to him and i was like hey man i see you're doing your thing um and this is like pre his wall street academy and all that stuff so like Gosh. yeah so um, it's mad <laughs> yeah it's crazy it's crazy so it's like way before all of the, the lambos and all that stuff and um yeah. And so this is like right around the time he was founding Forever and Profit. So yeah, he, he put me in his in his in his team and he honestly, I'll give him a lot of credit because he um he gave me a lot of structure to my trading and he helped me kind of see the markets in a more technical way. So I always will be forever grateful uh for that. But yeah, I mean like I, that was a that was that's, that's crazy. Yeah, this the random guy just happened to be Q Banks. Um yeah, yeah. so so uh okay, so what happened after that? Yeah, so after that, I would say um, there was one or two other like kind of key, like I would say like mentors or like pro not programs, but like strategies that I kind of took in addition to his, um, like I said, you know, at QBanks, I I'll give him a lot of credit just off of how he, he gave me like a technical approach to trading and, and his style of trading kind of helped me understand the markets a lot better. Um, and I took a combination of his stuff and a couple other, uh, just stuff uh concepts like smart money traders and smart money concepts and putting it all together 
And, um, you know, I was able to kind of like structure my trading and this took like years, like, so I'm, I'm really shortening in the period, but it, I mean, this is like a three, three to four year period of me going through different trial and errors, taking different things, finding what type of trader I am uh, emotionally when it comes to like my risk, uh, my like managing my emotions, like what setups and what type of things work better with me, um, taking my like, you know, what type of like uh, positions and indexes, I'm sorry, uh, pairs or indexes are you know, work better for me um, and a three to four year journey. And so this, by this time, it's like 2018, 2019. Um, and, uh, you know, being able to kind of put together, put together a strategy that kind of made me consistent. And so, uh, so how did those, uh, <clears throat> the finances go with, with regard to like, you know, did you carry on blowing accounts or did you, did you yeah, decide I'm not so going to fund was- them? Yeah. So this is all pre, like, it's crazy. This is all pre like funding challenges and pre like most of the stuff. So at at that time, I mean, they might've been out, but I had never heard of them uh, going into like 2018 and 2019 was like when I really started hearing about prop firms in that space, maybe 2020. Um, But prior to that, like I was trading my own personal account. I had like a five grand account and I was a 10 grand account and I was taking positions and, and, you know, I was, uh, I would win some trades, I would lose some trades, I would break even. And then, you know, after really kind of taking, taking apart, um, kind of taking a step back and, you know, I'm a, I'm a, my undergrad degree is in psychology. So I always look at things from like a very psychology, like psychological manner. Um, and so like really kind of analyzing like what I was doing as far as like, you know, um, managing my emotions, looking at my overall strategy and making sure that like, um, one of the things that I was doing like right off the bat was I was, I was really focusing on trying to make more money instead of actually becoming a good trader. And I think that was one of the things that been, that helped me a lot was stop trying to focus on like, okay, you see these guys on the internet, you're not going to make $10 million in a day on one position. This is something that you build over time, making the right habits over and over and over again. It's like sports. Like if, once you kind of understand the fundamentals of a sport then you can kind of build on that and become a better athlete in this sense and so trader and i guess in, in in my field right and so um it was you know i wanted to focus on like i guess you know building good form i guess if, if i was to use a sports analogy and then and so really making sure that i was you know anal- making my reads when i was analyzing the market right and um taking things in a step-by-step approach so i, I had a strategy that it was kind of a combination of a few different things and really making sure that like the first thing i did was write, you know, write this down step by step by step as far as like what I'm looking for when I enter into the market. Um, and then taking that that information um, and, you know, applying it to every trading scenario. So like I'm entering the market based on this, 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 this. I really like, you know, had the strategy down to a point where it was, you know, quantifiable. And I, I and I didn't have, um, I didn't, uh, um, if it was something that I couldn't, you know, write down, I feel like it's a strategy that you can't follow. Right. And so like a lot of times I would just do stuff off of impulse in the market, um, you know, like with uh, just, okay, bullish momentum. I know this is not following my strategy, but it looks like it's going to go up. So let me just hit buy. Right. And yeah. so like really managing like, the impulses that you have with trading and really sticking to something that was a, a quantifiable strategy. And so then at that point is when I kind of started to see, you know, incremental gains in in uh in my account but that was only because you know i took the time out to not focus on you know the money that i would i would make in each trade and making sure that like each time you know i'm going through a check down list and, and following that strategy to a team and so like getting into the minutiae around this like so were you back testing this to get data to help 
feed your live trading? Yeah. So I would say like one of the things that really helped me is that like when I started TradingView, I can't remember what year it was that like TradingView actually became like a like a platform that everybody really started using. But I would say like I, before then, I didn't really have a way to like an easy way to go ahead and back test. Like I open up MetaTrader for right and just kind of go through and back test. And it took forever. But, you know, really, I, I would say another thing that really like kind of sped up my learning curve um, was utilizing like that replay option in TradingView, right? So like being able to go back and just sit there for hours and hours and hours, like when the markets close, when the, when the weekends are hitting um, and just sit there and just, hit play on the, on the candles and, and, and see, okay, this would be a buy. This would be a sell. This would be, you know, a loss, like being able to kind of like quantify a strategy, uh, my strategy before I even, um, before I even applied it to the real markets. So. And when you went through that process of, of back testing, I mean, did you, did you find it easy to stick to the rules? I mean, I don't know how many rules you had in there, but I'm guessing if you had quite a few and it sounded like you did, yeah. was it yeah. easy to, to make sure you didn't cheat yourself out of a trade or or a win a loss becomes a win because of you know oh, but I would have done this but I would have done that in the situation when you may or may not have yeah so the rules the, sticking to the rules is a process I I literally had to beat those into me right so like you, you would stick to the rules for a trade right and then you or maybe two and then you'd see some success maybe you'd win you'd go on a streak and then you get a little happy right and then you know, not stick to them and then lose or lose more than you should have. Right. And so for me, like kind of developing these rules, um, it, it was a process that was like beat into me, like by taking losses. Right. And so like, I would, for, it's, it's not something that comes natural. So like, you have to literally, uh, every time I, I, I take, I push the button and I think about, you know, doing something impulsively or like not, uh, not following like the given rules that I lay out for mm -hmm. myself. Then I think about all the times that I've blown an account, uh, blown, <laughs> yeah, blown an account or done something stupid, um, and uh, and um, you know, uh, just uh, lost, you know, lost excessively. Yeah, yeah. All right, folks, I'm here at Blackpool Markets headquarters in Auckland, New Zealand. You can see this amazing view behind me of Auckland Harbour. Now, talking about views, if you do want to get free TradingView Pro, then all you need to do is trade one lot a month at Blackpool Markets, and they're going to give you free TradingView Pro. So, folks, to find out more, click the link in the description below or the card above. And so, so in terms of like moving from backtest to live, so there's a there's that element of trying to marry up the timings and and the execution i mean in a back test you obviously got as much time as you want to to line the trade up and you can speed through the candles in a live environment you have to be at the charts at a certain yeah. time sometimes you're not always going to get every single trade for whatever reason something happens the other thing uh is the time it takes to get your entry on um to line everything up to do any calculations you need how do how are you able to do that and what time frames were you working with to make um to make it easy enough for you, for you to be able to execute your trades yeah so um the first thing that I'm, I'm really doing when i get to a to a uh a beginning of a week of a trading session right is you know i'm starting on those higher time frames i'm starting on the weekly time frame the daily time frame and i'm getting a better understanding of like developing my bias for the week um like where do i think the price action is going to take these candles um 
And so with that in mind, you know, the, the weekly, the daily, the four hour, right. I'm sitting, I'm using those as kind of like my build bias, I guess, uh, timeframes. And so with that in mind, my whole week at that point is, is kind of trading in line with that bias. So then I'm going down to my, my, my lower timeframes, you know, like my, if I'm trading indexes, it could be my five minute, my 15 minute, my one minute, um, timeframes, those real small timeframes and everything is trading in line with those, with those, with that overall bias. I'm looking for, you know, if I have a bullish bias coming into the week, then I'm looking for that on those smaller timeframes. Um, but then as far as I what was the, I can't remember the other question. The other so, so just, so I'm trying to work out how you, how you migrated from the ease of backtesting to the live yeah. environment where you haven't sort of built it into your day, um, execute trades on a time frame that is kind of maybe a lot quicker than what you've got when you're back testing. So like yeah. for example, you mentioned one minute there. So like how were you able to sort of accommodate that trade entry on a one minute chart um when you've got, you know, 15 rules here or whatever it is to to make sure they're all they're all they all match without making a mistake. Yeah. So the bias kind of help, having the bias eliminates a lot. Like uh, the, I'd say like half of my rules are, are around developing the bias. Mm -hmm. The other set of rules are going to be more towards like, like the entries, like how you mentioned. And so like one, it's just kind of getting used to the speed that things happen on, especially on those lower timeframes when you're looking for your entry. And so a lot of, a lot of the rules that I have when it comes to trading are going to be more set around. Um, they're going to be happening playing out as, as, as the candles are moving or, or painting, I guess. And so what I mean by that is like, if you go to, um, the, it's something that will happen in succession. So I can actively like reference my list oh, as, right. okay. as doing that. And then, so getting used to the actual mm -hmm. candle speed, I took like a, a, a few months where I was like, okay, if I want to be consistent, like I, I kind of reference everything <laughs> with sports analogies, cause I grew up playing sports. And so when you're a kid and you want to be like, if you want to go to like the NBA or the NFL or whatever it is, right. You're not sitting here thinking about being rich while you're doing it. You're, you're, you're enjoying the love of the game and you're, you're studying film and you're like, you're, you're saying, I want to be this guy. I want to be this guy, but not because you want to be rich, but because you just have a passion and a love for it. So I think developing the love and the passion for it was something that I had to do first. And as a result of that, um, there would be times that I would just sit a, sit and watch price action right during live sessions, not push the button, not look to trade, um, and then really just get a better understanding of like, okay, what's the volatility during these these particular times? How like what where would I lose if I was losing? Because I feel like a lot of people study like how they would win or like how to win, but they also don't study like how they would lose or like where would they get caught up at. Um, and so like making note of those things, and so like we talked like offline about like how I can, how my New York, I use the New York session as a, as a time of trading uh, or the, my time of trading. And so like a lot of times I would just sit at the beginning of New York session, watch candles paint out, make notes on trading view. So like trading view becomes my notepad and I'm just sitting here making notes saying, okay, this is where price, you know, breaks structure. This is where price, you know, this is where my entry would be. This is where price, where I would look to get out of a trade. This is where, you know, I would lose on a trade if I were to, if I were taking position, these are the same. And, I, and after a while, you kind of see a pattern of stuff playing out over and over. If you're sitting during, uh, during the, during your session, during those set times. Um, and so just getting used to the volatility, even before you demo trade, before I, my mind can attach a number to like how I'm trading. So like, even, even in demo trading, if you push the button, um, you get so focused on just hitting that number. Mm -hmm. Um, instead of, uh, or, you know, making money on the trade and having the trust, the trade be a success 
then you're actually just not studying, you know, price action and, and how the candles are fanning. So I made it a point during that time to, to put away a demo account, put away a live account and really just watch candles. And I did that for months um, during New York sessions um, until I felt comfortable to that. I knew where price was uh, new is, is, is not a great word, but had a great idea of where, where yeah, price was going. High probability. Yeah. I probably, I probably, um, okay. So, so let's, so let's skip forward a little bit. So you, you, um, obviously started finding some consistency in what you were doing. How did you get from there to, to getting funded with 700 K at the moment? Yeah. So I would say, so at late 2019, I, um, I was so serious about trying to become a trader full time that I went back to school and got an MBA um and during that time i was a full-time student so i had more time i wasn't working i was in class but i had you know more time to kind of sit around the charts and so the whole point of me going back to school was to get enough capital to throw into a trading account um and then start trading right uh like with a better job when i graduated right so that was that was my goal um and then prop firms came out and that kind of defeated the whole purpose of me going back to school so like it was it was funny but during that time um you know, I noticed that when I started, you know, obviously sticking to the rules, sticking to the to to like my my dedicated strategy, you know, I was able to turn an, an account. Um, I was able to really start profiting on an account. So I, I took a twenty thousand dollar account to forty nine thousand dollars in three months, and there was a lot of risk there. Um, uh, there was probably more risk than I employ now in my trading, but I saw the the gains happen on a consistent basis um and so that kind of let me know and it was right before i graduated the the that i was i was on the right track with how i was doing things um and from there on you know i kind of transitioned to the whole idea of, of prop firms and um and uh really just kind of set my sights on that and and did you have any sort of setbacks as you tra- did that transition were you able to get through these challenges and i think at the time they, they definitely would have been time limit time limit challenges as well yeah yeah so like the main thing for me was that I, the first few challenges that i took i i, I honestly and i wasn't a huge fan of of the time limits and i'm so glad that they got rid of a lot of the platforms are starting to get away from those because um it just it, you employ more risk than you should as a trader just trying to trade within um trade within uh, a month to i guess a lot of them are like 30 days i guess at that time to hit 10 percent, and so that's a lot of pressure um, so getting used to that time limit and even still like for the firms that do still have them that I would, you know, take challenges on, um, I'm employing a lot more risk than I feel comfortable with on a regular basis. So at the beginning, there was a lot of like, okay, maybe I'm just going to risk two or 3% on a trade here. Cause I know that I'm not going to have that much time and, um, blow the account or blow the challenge because you're, you're trying to force it. Um, and so in the beginning, it was a whole lot of you know, like the fear of, there was a whole lot of overtrading and then there was the fear of, you know, of FOMO missing out. And so like all those emotions that you kind of have as a trader, they're magnified when you know you only have 30 days to hit a certain number. Um, so there was a lot of trial and error and um, and just getting used to that. And that kind of helped me um, be more consistent over time, kind of find my groove. And how many do you think you failed if you kept to sort of count, count up? Yeah. <clears throat> uh, I'd say at least at least 10 of varying sizes um at different times. So not I wasn't taking them all at the same time. They all weren't the same account. I love like 100k is kind of like the the standard that I go to like when I want to start when I want to try out a new firm, just like 100k. Mm-hmm. But I think I started there 
then I went down because I was like, okay, maybe it's just a money thing in my head. Like maybe if I see smaller numbers on the, on the, on the charts, then, uh, or on the, in your terminal, then maybe it, like I can, you know, I, I, it, it, the psychology thing kind of kicks in a little bit. So I was like, okay, let me go down to a 50. And then I was like, okay, well, maybe I just need to, I, I passed a 50. And then I was like, maybe I need to go up more, you know, just to like, to like a 200 and failed that one. And then, so there was like at least 10 challenges that I was going back and forth in the beginning before I really kind of like got my groove with, with the time limit. Um, and then as soon as you get your groove with the time limit ones, then obviously now we don't have time limits anymore on most of them. So I was like, oh man, I could have just, you know, if I had just waited a year to yeah. about time and, and probably save some money and and do you think uh i'm sorry with regards to withdrawals and keeping the accounts are you able to stick within the the boundaries have you got any special tactics you use around managing the accounts that you've got yeah yeah so for me i risk um i risk about a half a percent per position and so that really doesn't change much um so my my thing is you had a trader on uh, a while ago i think his name's like j capital and I watched your interview with him and he talked about how um, and I actually kind of followed the guy afterwards. And he talks about all the time about how um, he doesn't want to risk a lot on his trades. He just wants to max out, max out the amount of capital that he gets. Right. So like mm-hmm. instead of taking a hundred thousand dollars account, funded account and saying, OK, I'm going to make 20 percent on this in a month, um, I'm going to get a million dollars worth of capital. Right. And then just only risk like half a percent per trade um, mm. on that. And so that was something that was like really profound for me. So it kind of changed my like the way that I looked at the funded accounts and honestly trading in general, because up until that point, um, my whole goal was like, OK, like even the whole when I went back to school, it was like, OK, I just need to stack thirty thousand dollars aside and this $30,000, I can live, I can be a professional trader off this 30,000 because I would watch people like the Q banks, or I would watch, you know, other traders take these accounts and do these flips. Mm. And then I realized that, you know, that's not sustainable. Right. So I might have a run where I could double or triple that account. Right. Um, and I did, I, I doubled that $25,000 account that I mentioned, but it's not sustainable in the long run. Right. You're going to take way more losses than you should. And if you think about big banks, big hedge funds and those type of things where they're like the real professional traders, they're not taking $10 billion of capital and trying to double it in a, in a, a short amount of time. Right. So kind of having like a more standard idea to or more traditional idea to, to trading and saying, OK, I can as long as I just make, you know, one to two percent of trade and um, and uh, and max amount and maximize the amount of capital that I have, then I'll be in a better position than the person that's trying to risk, uh, you know, 20% or 5% on a trade or yeah. three, like 2%. Right. So. And um, have you, have you ever got into like a serious drawdown on one of these live, uh, funded accounts? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're one of the accounts. So I use a trade copier when I, when I, when I trade on the positions and the, but then I also keep, well, I always keep one outside that trade copy and I, I kind of use that as insurance and or the account that I'm going to risk a little bit more on and right and have fun with it. Um, and so on that account, um, you get a payout, it resets. And so one one uh, month I came out of the gate and um, lost like two or three, conse- well, about two consecutive trades in, in a week um, at 2% risk. So I'm already down like 4% on that account, you obviously get five on the day and then 10 overall. Um, and so, um, at that point, you kind of just have to reel yourself back in. Um, because you know, when you're down it, you, 
the emotions start creeping in and then you try to make, you know, home run plays instead of just taking it systematically saying, okay, 4% is really only, um, that's only eight winning trades if you're trading half percent, even if you're just breaking, you know, on a one-to-one risk reward ratio, right? So, um, so getting down on that account, you can, I mean, I was able to bring it back by just thinking small and just saying step-by-step kind of the same way that like my approach to trading Mm -hmm. in general, right? And sticking to my rules and making sure that, you know, my form is good on every trade. Right. And so, um, you know, by that I was able to, uh, you know, bring it back, but, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's not, shot on is not fun at all. <laughs> and so you, you talked about uh, before the show, actually, you told me that you're, you're basically making the same amount you make from trading as you do in your day job. So what's, at what point do you think you're going to go, well, I could now drop the day drop day job. Yeah. So the, the crazy part about that is like, I'm not in a rush to do that only because, um, for me, like, I'm a very, like, if if my friends will tell you this, like my, my girl will tell you this, like, um, I'm a very systematic person when I do something like I need like structure and I need like a really well thought out process. Like I'm, I'm not the type of person that will just like up and quit my job for anything or like jump into like a, an agreement or uh, a bill or something like that without really thinking out like how this is going to get covered. Right. And so for me, um, I trade better just knowing that I have um, like, I have another income, another source of income, like sitting there waiting on me. So I, like, I know that like I could lose, I'm not, but I could lose 20% in the day in the markets. Right. And then I still have a job that's coming back to. And so mm-hmm. I was able to like the way that my trading is set up, I was able to um, get my trading down to a way that it almost went hand in hand with my, like, with my job. So, um, so long story short, like, I don't know if I'll ever leave there, there will come a day. I'm sure that, that, that I'll look back and, and I think in the number in my head is double. So if I, if I make double of what my job is through trading, um, then, then I'll look to leave. But like, as of right now, I think I'm, I'm, I'm good. Um, you, you think yeah. about like insurance in the United States and all that crazy stuff that you got to pay for outside of your, your, uh, your actual you know, like bills and stuff. So I don't think a lot of people think about that too, when they're, when they're contemplating leaving. So, yeah. And I suppose double is like a double on a consistent basis. So you ought to be looking to, did, did you have like a, a funding target to say, well, if I get this much funding, then I can double, yeah. I mean, I'll essentially make double if I just do the same thing and risk the same so, amount. Yeah. So right now I'm at 700,000 in funding, but I, my number the number isn't necessarily as important because a few months ago I said, if I hit a million, I would do it. Like I would leave. Right. Cause I, and systematically in my head, I'm like, okay, if I can make two to 5% a month on a million, that's way more than like I'll ever need. Um, but I don't, I, I don't think it's a number per se, as much as it's just a consistency, uh, consistency basis. Um, so if I can, if I can hit those numbers over a six month year long period, um, you know, and then with obviously with that being like the times of the year that I don't trade, it's like the summers that I don't look to trade as much because of the low volatility or like around Christmas time, right? I stay out of the market. So if I can manage to double during those periods, then um, yeah, then I'll then I'll leave. So I don't, not necessarily a number. I guess the new number is like two million, but I keep pushing it out. So <laughs> right, right. Uh, and and so like in terms of like, so are you are you also doing any personal account trading as well? Because you're yeah, obviously so, getting this, you know, cash coming through and you don't necessarily need it, I suppose. How are you reinvesting that? 
Yeah. So one, I mean, I, I put, I invest a lot into like for like just your traditional, like normal, like if I have a job investing vehicles, like 401k Roth IRAs. Right. And so I take some money out and put into that. But then I do also feed my personal account because I always get nervous. So um, the first, like, this is years ago, but the first funding account challenge that I passed was with this company called um, uh, funding it was what was it funding not funding talent it might have been funding talent but it was the one that went down a couple of years ago right um so i had an account with them and i got it like literally two weeks before they shut down and the ceo was like hey more um and um and so ever since then i've always been kind of nervous about like prop firms in general i think there's a lot of good ones out there um, but I'm just nervous because at the end of the day, it's, it's a company and, you know, any company can go under. And if you go under with two million in capital now, I don't have a way to make money. So I'm always like taking some money aside and profits from that and putting it into like my, like my personal account or just putting it aside for, you know, mm. to put in my personal account in the event of like losing, losing trades or losing yeah, an account. And so are you copy, are you using this trade copier to copy across the personal accounts as well or? Yeah, it's a little different though. Uh, I keep that one separate just because um, when you trade indexes, like every broker ha- calculates like them differently. Um, so like Nasdaq, like a standard lot over like twenty points might give you like twenty thousand dollars on like one of the one of the um, like a certain broker. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's like discount brokers. I, I don't know the proper terminology for it, but like everybody calculates them differently. So. Um, because of that, I stay out because it's just, it's, I usually, all my accounts are like one-to-ones like I don't really like, um, all the accounts that are hooked up to the trade copy are one-to-one. So like the, like if it's one lot on, on this account, it's going to be one lot on this account. Uh, Okay. Um, you know, if, unless they're different sizes then it'll, it'll multiply, but if it doesn't directly like translate, I guess, um, then it could mess up that smaller account that right. I have. So just want to stay out of it altogether. So, so you basically you sort of don't really trade the personal account now. You just sort of leave that alone, and yeah. you know that if you did need to trade it, you could, you know, for whatever every, reason, every, you go and trade it. Yeah, every once in a while, I, I I pull a position on that, but for the most part, I'd I'd rather leverage other people's capital. Mm. Okay, that's interesting. Right, so let's dive into um, talk about some, I suppose, stats around your trading to start off with. So, I mean. What's your what would you be your winning percentage and risk to reward ratio? Yeah, so my winning percentage is about sixty nine percent, so just shy of seventy percent. Um, so in that that during that time, I can go through like periods where I'm trading higher than that, right, and obviously lower than that too. So like drawdowns, I can be like five, like damn near break even, like five for five out of ten trades or something like that, but. You know, if I look back across like the last year or two of trading, it's about 68, 69%. So, and risk to reward? Uh, risk to reward. So, I look for one to twos and up. Um, the style that I trade, I, it, when I, when I, because I'm taking entries most of the time on indexes on very small time frames that, that like one minute, five minute, um, my risk to reward is, is usually going to be pretty high. My stop losses are going to be usually really, really tight. Um, 10, 15 points usually it depends on the setup but usually the setup and my take profits are always at least a one to two and how many hours are you at the charts so the cool thing is um i, I have a strat my strategy really centers around kind of like catching 
the high of the day and trading it to the low of the day. Um, and so um, I'm on the charts. Usually the high of the day is going to be formed around like 9.50. If you're trading indexes, 9.30, 9.45, like right after the open. So I'm on the charts from about that time till 11 a.m. every day. Um, so out of those days, I'll look to take a position at least two to three times a week, depending on what news is going on. Um, if it's like an NFP week or FOMC week, um, then I will uh, be out of the markets usually around like Wednesday um, and just kind of let the rest of the week play out. But um, yeah. And and what are the markets you're trading? Uh, so indexes are going to be the majority of what I trade now. Um, I still, every once in a while, I'll try to catch um, uh, the Forex markets in like, and specifically like Euro, AUD, USD, uh, GBP, JPY uh, during a New York session. Um, but I New York session trade, and then it's mostly indexes. Uh, and what's the average duration of your trades typically? Yeah, I mean, any the longest they will run that entire hour that I'm in the markets when it comes to indexes. Um, and then the shortest, I mean, I, I've been in and out of positions as quick as like 15 minutes. So like between 15 minutes and an hour usually. And how do you manage the position? So you said two R. What happens after that? Do you break even, take partials, or just yeah. get out? So if this if the if the setup isn't quite at my take profit, I will hold until the end of. Uh, if I'm in a position, like that window is usually when I'm looking to enter a position. Um, if I'm already in a position and it's not quite where I wanted to go by eleven, like I'll hold till like that lunchtime hour on um on uh my, my indexes and so so what does your typical trading day slash week look like yeah so on the beginning of the week so honestly like right about this time like sunday sunday nights uh my times when i crack open the markets for the week and really start looking um at i, I go to my higher time frames like my weekly my daily and just kind of outline like what i think my bias is going to be for the week and so kind of outlining you know where i think price might go to particular levels of note and then so it kind of factors into like how why i can make my trading session so short when i actually get stepped to the terminal because i'm doing a lot of the pre-work ahead of time so sundays but particularly mondays i'm just trying to get a better sense of like where our weekly higher time frame like candles are going to go move to um and then so really once i have that bias you know i'm just like leaving that as the you know in my trading view notes as where i'm you know where i think obviously the price is going to move and then um you know just everyday trading in line with that bias until we hit you know the overall higher time frame target so and so so in the during the day you, you what time do you jump on the charts and how do you structure that around your job yeah yeah so thankfully i'm you know i'm in a position where i work uh in a different time zone than i live and I, I live on eastern time zone and so i'm working on a, on a different time zone um and so um i'm able to kind of undividedly it doesn't doesn't overlap most days um and so uh, i come to the charts every day at around 8 30 so pre-market um just to get a better sense of like what's happened um overnight a lot of times you'll see well not a lot of times but enough times you'll see a move that happens in like i guess we'll will be considered the London session for indexes like that that 3:30 to 8:30 Eastern Standard Time um window so really just kind of getting a better note of what's happened the night before um and then outlining you know where I think price is going to go and move to throughout 
my session, like I said, making sure to making note of those intraday levels and note, uh, note of those intraday levels, and then looking for, uh, you know, potential setups when the, when the market hits around nine 30. So. Okay. And, and, uh, from, from a, uh, I suppose a price chart point of view, what three things would you recommend somebody like focus on or start studying to get some, the, the kind of knowledge that you've got? Yeah. You said, uh, sorry, I, I missed the first part of that. Oh, that so question. focusing on a price chart, what, what three things would you recommend that somebody study? Yeah, I would say, um, wow, that's a good question. So I would, I would say the, the three things that I would look for is, um, directional bias, like how to build that when you're, when you're working on your intraday timeframes, um, really getting a better sense of your, your key levels, your break of structures and, um, potential, potential reasons as to why your trade might go the opposite way. Right. So I'm always looking for high probability setups. So getting a better understanding of like where your trade might fail or why your trade might fail um, kind of helps strengthen my like belief in the trade when I actually take it. Because um, if I can't find where, why this will go against me, then a lot of times it might be a, a winner. So, yeah, it's a good, good. It's a great call and a great thing to add to anyone's trading plan. Uh, what about like Ed, you, from a trading mindset point of view, do you do anything to set yourself up? Have you had to like tackle mindset issues in the, uh, during your journey? Yeah. Yeah. So um I'm a, I'm big into like the more and more I go uh, along in my trading journey, the more and more I realize that like the emotional side of trading uh, is, is, is key or like the psychological aspects of training uh, trading. And so, um, I spent a lot of time just understanding who I was, who I am as a person. Um, cause I feel like a lot of the, a lot of the, the faults that you might have as a person kind of like manifest, um, in your trading. So like, for me, like, again, anybody in my life will tell you that like, part of me loves to argue a part of me loves to be right right and so like when i'm in the charts when i'm taking a position and trading a lot of times i will until i caught this i will want to look at the market and just be right and so like like if i take a position there might be clear signs that the market's going to go against me and i'm i'm just focused on being right and so you know you take the loss right and because i want to be right so bad you know, maybe I might double up and get back in the market without any clear signs. Right. And so like kind of understanding like my faults emotionally and my faults, faults psychologically as a person kind of helped me like understand more of like what I, what I shouldn't be doing as a trader, which is one of the reasons I stick to my rules as closely and as tightly as I do. Um, but then it also kind of allowed me to uh, take positions and take high probability positions that kind of fall in line with how I am as a trader. Like I'm very antsy when I'm on the charts. Like I get very itchy, so I can't be a swing trader. Um, so I don't even look to trade because having a position on, I will constantly be checking my phone as it is. Like I, I every day I check my phone like way too much. Like I, I might have cell phone addiction. I don't know, just for normal stuff. So I don't need to be checking my phone like extra, like yeah, you know, every it, it, off session hours, just seeing if my position is still there. Right. So I'm not a like whole set it and forget it guy. So. Um, but understanding who I am, like as a person kind of helped me structure, uh, structure my trading in a way that benefits like me most, um, which is like I said, scalping in and out in an hour. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, just, I would say that would be the biggest thing is like understand who I am first and foremost and understanding where, again, I can fall, like fail as a person and as a trader, um, emotionally is kind of like what. Did you do any, uh, journaling, try journaling? 
or journaling yeah. your emotions at any time? Yep. So I, I would say like the one thing I know it's funny because like I know a lot of people uh, like in, in this trading community are always talking about like, get, you know, I would have just traded instead of going to college or I would have just traded um, instead of working a job. But I feel like a lot of those skills that I had that make me successful in trading is kind of stuff that I've gotten from school and jobs. Right. So like being organized, being able to like manage projects, like in my day job, I manage like million dollar projects. And so um, being able to like the level of organization that you got to have to do that, you also have to have in trading. And so like looking at being able to look at this as a business, first and foremost, like you wouldn't, you wouldn't work a nine to five and not keep a record of the sales that you had that day or where you lost money and where you made money. Right. And so like um, journaling every day, keeping a note of the trades that I had. And then I just use that as back testing research. So when the trading day is over, I'm going back into the chart saying, okay, cool. I took a loss here. And why did I take a loss? Getting a better understanding. Did I jump the gun? Did I not stick to my rules? Was there a psychology aspect that I failed on? Or was, did I do everything and I just lost, right? Did I just miss the shot? Because mm. whatever, you know, as long as my form is good and I follow all of everything, then I, that I'm good. So, but having a journal of all that stuff, um, it really, it really, uh, you know, it made a difference. Honestly, I, it was probably one of the things that contributed to me winning more and starting to become better, I guess. Um, and, and how did you do the journaling? Was it uh, software or just hand-drawn stuff? <laughs> what did you do? Yeah, this is spreadsheet. So I, an Excel spreadsheet of just like the day, the, 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 the pair, the trade, the entry price, the exit price, like all the stuff that you'd see like on the MT4 terminal, just making right. a note of that. And then some like extra notes as far as... Um, as far as uh um you know what you were feeling in that trade right so like there's been plenty of times um where especially when i was going through like my impulsive trading cycle like where i would just like lose and then like because i hate to lose and that's another like character fault right it's like i hate to lose so there would be days where i would lose the trade and then just like i said again to need, need to be right and so i would double up on my position or i would just say i need to get break even and I just need to get the money back that I lost because I need to win. I need to be right about my bias or right about my direction or right about the fact that I'm pushing the button. And so I would see them in the charts. It's like, okay, cool. Um, you took a position, you lost, then you doubled up. So you disregarded your, your risk management strategy. And then you still lost on top of that because you were still wrong about the bias, right? And so like to seeing all that stuff in writing, it makes it real apparent. that it's like, ah, if you're going to be good at this, you need to like, one follow your rules you need to like do all the things that you're 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 doing in theory you need to make sure that you carry them out because every time you don't stick to that there's real world consequences so folks if you're looking for an automated trade journal or trade copier then check out my sponsor swift journal they connect to your metatrader 4 or 5 broker or prop firm and give you amazing insights into your trading to get 20 percent off click the link in the description and use coupon code trading Cool. Right. Well, what we're going to do now is going to jump to a quick fire round, ask a couple of questions, not too many, uh, and get a wrap up of the show. So let's start off with, if you had to recommend somebody a trading book or a resource, where would you point them? Yeah. I, I mean, the, the, the standard, I guess, is, is trading in the zone, right? Like the, the emotional psychological book. Um, but I would say like focusing more on, you know, like I said, knowing who you are as a person is probably the bigger. So like if you could, if I could point you to a resource, point you to yourself or uh, there's, but there's a lot of good traders out there online. Like I said, one of my mentors was QBanks. So say, check out his resources. Um, but there's a, a ton of a, a reputable source, I guess. Uh, and do you want to walk us through uh, your worst ever trade? 
Uh, yeah, my worst ever trade in one day. So we talked about how I turned that $25,000 account into $48,000. So going on that win streak over, and this was over a quarter. So like a three month, four month period, right. Um, between January of 21 to like June of, well, I guess two quarters, June of 2021. Um, so towards the end of that, you know, I, I took a position where I was feeling myself a little too much and ended up losing like 7% of that in a day. So like a little, like a little over like $4,000 in a day on that $48,000. Um, so something like that it was a little bit more than that, but like about 7% or on that day. So um, how did you come back from that? What was that like? Uh, man, I put the charts down for like a month and then said, I can't like, if I'm going to do this, cause it's real money, it's not profit mm. money. It's not money. Right. So it's like, it's, that's man. I could have took that four grand and just put that on my car or paid it, you know, paid something off with it. Right. And I, you know, I, I mentioned before I went back to school. So I had student loans that are about yeah. to, you know, so like all that stuff, I'm just thinking about all the stuff I could have used that money for. Um, and just, uh, yeah. And just thinking about how I was going to stick to my rules the next time. Um, uh, what about your preferred broker and trading platform and prop firm? Look, folks, I know you want the answer to this question. Which broker is this trader using? Now, the answer has been sponsored by Black Bull Markets. So to find the answer out, you're going to need to go over to tradingnut.com, find the show notes page for this guest, and then all will be revealed. Awesome. Uh, and the final question before we wrap up, if there was one bit of advice you could leave our listeners with, what would it be? Yeah, uh, this is a this is a marathon. This is like... Anybody who who's who's um, done this and done it successfully, I've watched millions of your interviews, man. Like, and the one thing that I that I took away from a lot of them, the successful ones, is that they're treating it like a marathon and not a sprint. And so, making sure that you look treat this as like a ten year plan, right? It took me ten, I'd say, the better part of ten years to become consistent as a trader. And so, um, you know, every day just do the little things and they'll eventually add up to to overnight or your quote unquote overnight success. Yeah. Yeah, indeed. With so many things. Uh look, before you wrap up, what's the best way for traders to get hold of you? Yeah, so you can find me on Instagram at Brinks Trades. Um that's that's my Instagram profile and then also YouTube Brinks Trades as well. B R I N X Trades. Cool. Well, look, a big thank you to Blake for sharing with us today. Everything we've discussed here, along with all those links, will be in the show notes on tradingnut.com. Uh, until next time, wish all my listeners trading happiness and success. All right, folks, there we have it. Interview with Blake Dunn and Dusted. Do remember, we did shoot a video after this where he breaks down his trading strategy, uh, top-down analysis all the way down, trading the NAS 100 market open. You're going to see him take an entry on the one-minute chart and a few little tricks in there as well. That's dropping on the YouTube channel. Go and check it out. Whilst you're over there, hit subscribe, like, and that notification bill because you're going to get access to the live streams that are dropping here where everyone's taking on that Blue Guardian challenge or pretty much all of the traders are uh, including myself and we've got those weekly recaps to check out as well uh, and last but not least we've got the mystery trader hitting the channel and if you're looking to automate anything that you do then check out my robot builders club let's hear about it now tired of missing trades or spending hours at the charts introducing my robot builders club with our platform you can build bots in minutes not weeks without any coding required get lifetime access to my video course, VIP community, and over 40 ready-made robots. Works with MT4 or MT5, and as a bonus, you'll get three months access to my robot lab, where we build and test bots on live calls every week. Join the hundreds of traders who are trading smarter, not harder. Click the link in the description to learn more, get the free training, and download a free robot.